Hello and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we've got Jameson Maxwell, and we are once again rolling on our Bye Bye Big 12 series. This time we're looking at Iowa State, uh, some, you know, potentially a podcaster that uh, may or may not uh, appear on this show regularly that is not here, would refer to them as an NPC program. But Jameson, how do you feel about the Iowa State Cyclones? I had like so many like competitive memories of this team and just kind of like in the forefront of my brain. But whenever you pull up like, you know, the program history, obviously, you know, they've had a lot of problems before like the 2000s. But even before that, like they didn't have a win from like 1990 all the way to 2017. So they won in 90 and they won in 2017. Like that just blows my mind to think about it because my recency bias of Iowa State is they're always competitive. Right. This is very much a recency bias sort of deal. It's one of the most lopsided series in college football history. Uh, just getting into the rundown and everything. It is 79, 7, and 2. And by the way, this is just truly unreal. 79 wins against a team that you play that much. I mean, that's just, that is a different level of being poor. Um, Iowa State obviously turned it on, you know, um, in the late uh, 2010s, you know, with with our guy, Matt Campbell. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, winning two games, you know, like you said, that 1917 uh, one broke a massive, massive streak. Uh, but that 19 uh, or that 2020 game uh, where OU narrowly got clipped by what might be um, Iowa State's best team in uh, their history, that broke a... <laughs> That broke an 80-year uh, drought of beating Oklahoma in Ames, which is just <laughs> wild. 80 years. That's so sad. And let it be known that Iowa State at one point did have a winning record in this series. They won the first game, but then it went downhill after that. Yeah, no, that's that's about as downhill as it got. It was, uh, hey, it was 2-2 two and two in 1931. So, you know, things were looking up early. Good for them. Yeah, you know, their wins mostly come in two two game spurts. You know, they they had their moments in the 30s, two wins in the 60s, uh, that one in the 90s, and then two more in the 2000, uh, 2010 and 2017. So uh, it might be another 30, 40 years. Well, we're leaving the conference, so there you go. Um, this will not be the end. Uh, we have not seen the last of Iowa State. They are coming to Norman this year uh, for one last romp. So... Uh, they have not gotten their uh, walk-off win into the sun. They actually lost to this Oklahoma team last year. Uh, one of the few teams to do it, but they get one last crack. <laughs> we're, we're, there's a, we have a one of the few conference teams to do it, and it just sounds so sad. It's not really that big of an accomplishment. That game was nasty last year. Gross. Absolutely egregious watch. Yeah, and we we had to kind of watch it at your uh, we it was a uh, your uh, couple shower shower yeah we were like half had have had an eye on it it was a good one not to fully sit down and watch that's we when reviewing the tape it was uh, pretty gnarly um, yeah we're really talking about whenever we're kind of like the highlight and saying goodbye to Iowa State we really don't have to harp on really the early Big Twelve days too much here kind of just talk about the recent times yeah you know and that game last year is kind of an anomaly that's like something different but really what it comes down to of like my core memory of like when i think iowa state and i think of like ou playing them i think of like big targets and our small dbs getting cooked every single time i think of guys you know like xavier hutcherson charlie kolar alan lazard getting that big touchdown in norman um 
it seems like every single time we play like Iowa State, it's always some big guy in our poor little slot corner or Justin Broyles or somebody's coming up and just getting cooked. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it was Iowa State. You know, that's that's how they beat OU is uh, speci- specifically with that Lincoln Riley era team was just some big old beefy boys, you know, mm-hmm. not only on the wide receiver end. But do you remember the name of Joel Lanning? The yes, I do remember player, that well. li- the linebacker yes. quarterback that absolutely toasted OU. And how could I forget how much they talk about him on TV? Like it was like their favorite thing to talk about. Yeah, it's his name is so ingrained in my head that I have accidentally called Dan Lanning, the uh, uh, Oregon head coach, Joel Lanning, multiple times, which is he's he's he lives rent free in my head. So you win that one, Iowa State. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> we've had a, a couple battles. 2019 was an excellent one between Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was, was the best game for sure. No doubt about it. In my mind. 20, 2020 and 2019, uh, the 2020 championship game had a similar kind of vibe, you know, it was, uh, mm-hmm. it was one where OU led and kind of blew it. That's kind of the theme with these, uh, 20, you know, 2010 yep. games. Um, OU would have a lead blows it. Horrible stuff happens, uh, mm-hmm. because they either get too relaxed. You, you have to be physical. You have to be engaged things that the Alex Grinch defense, uh, did not really do, nor did the Mike, uh, Mike Stoops one really do. Um, especially when holding a lead, um, but you know, what are you going to do? Um, we had three points in, I'm pretty sure in that championship game in the second half, horrible, which I, if I recall, that was just like the third quarter where to send them like, it's like, I feel like it was kind of like a Lincoln Riley thing too. It was kind of a theme and showed it's, it reared its ugly head with Iowa state that we'd get up big and then he would pump the brakes. He didn't want to show his tricks. It was the, I understand it's the big 12 championship game. You're looking at bigger things beyond, but you can't just pump the brakes in a championship game that almost absolutely killed us. And, and that's the funny thing is I would say it's not like they put on a big amount of points in the second half and we we're having to fight them off. They only scored seven points in the third and seven points in the fourth. Like it still was extremely close because we were that anemic on offense. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was atrocious. It, and the thing that was so frustrating about those games is that it happened over and over again. And we had, you could see the blueprint all the way back to 2017 when OU held a, uh, what a 24 to 13 lead entering halftime. Mm-hmm. And then Iowa state just goes on an absolute tear. OU can't do enough to, uh, to stop them. And yep. this just kept happening. And it was really, really frustrating, but you know, Lincoln's gone. That era is over. So a nice, and you know, Iowa state's about to not be around anymore. And have kind of uh fallen off a not a cliff but they've they've had a dip since their golden era uh has left town with um, yeah brock purdy and them i'd say it's probably this is that last even last year how ugly they played compared to what we know for iowa state you know with will mcdonald leaving you know a first round draft pick that's kind of like the last like hero of that iowa state core all these guys like under recruited that came out and became really good players you know like like Brees hall you know, for example, this was a guy like Oklahoma was kind of talking to a little bit, but he really wasn't too highly recruited. And we were like, hmm, maybe we could go after him. You know, I'm pretty sure uh, he was from Wichita. Yeah, he was from Wichita and uh, Marcus Hicks was his teammate. So we were like, oh, this would be a pretty easy transition here. 
And it's just similar stories with that, you know, David Montgomery, the same thing, like, you know, kind of an under-recruited guy. And then he turns out to be some kind of superstar where he has like the legs of Saquon Barkley and like the brain of like, I don't know, uh, what was that one graphic? You know what I'm talking about? Where, oh, I'm going to pull it yeah. up right now. Um, <laughs> talk, because I want to pull up this David Montgomery graphic. Yeah, Iowa State, sneakily, sneaky, nice little, you know, running back factory there. You know, it's, I got to say, you know, we we've had we've had Iowa State jokes on this pod for a while. Iowa State fans know that they have literally been the ones to come out and get 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 after us. Uh, uh-huh. Even twenty twenty was the one. Cyclone and, Larry came at Cyclone you. Cyclone Larry. We didn't know. I didn't. <laughs> that was before Cyclone Larry was Cyclone Larry. I I completely did not uh, put two and two together when he kind of emerged on Twitter. But yeah, no, they. Uh, you know, we we make jokes about you know. Uh, Matt Campbell being a, a tie does mainly being a coward for not taking on a bigger job. Uh, mm-hmm. But man, he's done such a great job at Iowa state. And you know, the, te- that this, the series record against Iowa state um, is a testament to that. What he, what he's done, what he's put together. Um, look at their bowl record. Look at the, they only have like four bowl wins, like five, four or five bowl wins. It is, mm-hmm. it is a rarity for Iowa state to even be moderately successful. And what he's, what he's done is really impressive. So you got to give him. That. Yeah. Yeah, he, he went up a hill. The problem is he's falling down it right now. So it's going to really show his true colors. Is he just a one-time guy and he just got a good group of, you know, recruits back to back to back pretty much in classes. Under-recruited guys end up being really good. Let's see if he can do it again. Because like I said, last year is really not too optimistic. But here's here's that graphic. David Montgomery, running back, quote-unquote Frankenstein, put on by ESPN's graphic company. Um, he's got the feet of Saquon Barkley. He's got the vision of Le'Veon Bell, the strength of Ezekiel Elliott, and the athleticism of Sony Michelle. Well, let me tell you something. I mean, Dave Montgomery's pretty decent NFL running back, but I don't know if he's that Frankenstein. He's not a Frankenstein, but he's pretty good. Uh, I think Ty popped in. Matt Campbell no longer coward. He was a coward for not taking a better, bigger job. Now he has no offers, washed LOL, so no longer a coward. Dude, that guy was like in getting in like the last conversation of the Green Bay Packers job, I, I think, before Matt Matt Lafleur got it, if I remember right. Yeah, and he was like a hot candidate that offseason. And like, if the Green Bay Packers are strongly considering you, I, I mean, I don't care if he got an offer, or he didn't get an offer. That means you could have moved up in the coaching world. It doesn't right. matter, you know, if it's Green Bay or not. It could have been somewhere a lot higher. Yeah, that's um, one of the biggest jobs in football by far. Wasn't it like Michigan or Penn State he was worried about? It was some Big Ten jump, and I'm not quite sure, but it was always something why he was always denying, and then he said the same old thing like, oh, I'm just going to develop Iowa State and turn into this powerhouse from nothing. And I'm like, it's a tough job, you know? Like, like kind of like, let's look at Oklahoma State. You know, Oklahoma State, you know, gets similar recruits um, as Iowa State, and it's, it's an absolute – blows my mind kind of thing how they continue to stay competitive but some years it just flops and then they have bad years you know yeah. it's you can't always rely on really bad recruiting classes and not only that but oklahoma state succeeds a lot better with because they're closer to dallas you know they mm-hmm. in terms of recruiting they have a leg up on iowa state uh ames is a bit out there they they do apparently have great uh drinking water if you've ever seen that video <laughs> elite drinking water hooray for the city of ames uh but no, um, difficult place to get to, um, and definitely, definitely a hard place to recruit to. Um, mm-hmm. but 
I will say fun college town. Good, good times there. Uh, I enjoyed it. Shout out to tip top lounge with the uh, 6 a.m. Chili. Always a memorable spot. Great tailgating. Some of the best tailgating. Really cool fans, I think, other than the ones who tried to roast us alive on Twitter. But also, maybe that makes you a good fan for. Trying oh, that to makes them a good fan. Yeah they're, yeah, they're they're out here doing. That's true. That's a good fan. That's a good fan base. They're out there scouting. You know, listening to random obscure uh, OU football podcasts to try to try to get notes. I, I like it. I like it. Um, that's a, that's that is good fan behavior. I, I agree. Um, I just but, looked at this, Bobby. They and their 2023 class, their most recent class that they just signed. They got a six foot seven, like four star, one hundred and thirty second player in the nation quarterback. Oh, oh my god! Oh, wow. that is interesting. I mean, he's an Iowa boy. He's six foot seven. Now that is interesting. I mean, as long as they have guys like that in Iowa, you know, anything's possible. Hey, Max Duggan, Iowa guy, right there. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Good on Iowa State. But Hunter Deckers was also one, and he broke his records. And what are we seeing right now with Hunter Deckers? Okay, that's a very good point. That is a very good point. High school isn't uh, very much, isn't always everything. Isn't always everything. Um, So we talked about some of the bad losses. Is there a Mm -hmm. good win that really sticks out of your mind? Because I think think to me there's one uh, that I I actually, a memory that really sticks out in my mind from it super early. But... um, it's really like the same kind of big blowout for OU over and over and over again. Because mm-hmm. um, we didn't really have a lot of... When Iowa State's been good, we haven't had like a lot of triumphant moments. We just kind of squeaked by them. Yes, that's legitimately it. If, you, if I'm looking, I'm like, what is like a game where it's like, wow, that felt really good to get that W under our chest? Not really. I feel like the wins that kind of like stick in my memory are the ones where it's like we squeaked by and thank God we did. Stopping that two-point conversion after that Jalen Hurts um, interception in the fourth quarter was one where I was feeling very thankful. And that's like the one that I feel like it's not like really our best win, quote-unquote, you know, but that's like a the best feeling I got because it was a sense of relief. Um, with Iowa State, you know, like you said before that, it was just like we blow them out. We blow them out. We are taking care of business. Um, but it feels good whenever you can catch a break, especially as a stop on a two-point conversion. A couple things we've done a couple times in Norman. Um, that is honestly like, you know, that can change things really easily if it goes the other way. Yeah, exactly. That, so it, it's definitely a good moment. Winning a championship at any point is a great moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the one that I have circled, and I remember this game going with my dad, it was a rainy day, 2002. Number nine, Iowa State rolls into town which is a crazy thing. This was a top 10 matchup. Number nine, Iowa State, and uh, number two, Oklahoma. The Quinn Griffin era. And loved that time. And it was a big matchup. Uh, Iowa State had only lost one game, a narrow, narrow loss to Florida State at Arrowhead, which, you know, very controversial loss. Iowa State people still talk about this uh, because um, Seneca Wallace almost scored the game. I I believe almost (laughs) scored the game-tying touchdown. Seneca Wallace. Uh, oh man, and- I, lo- I I that name just gave me a nice <laughs> chuckle. Yeah, that it's a throwback. But Seneca Wallace was in the middle of a he was in the middle of a Heisman time. campaign. He was big, big time. time. Yeah, they went on a massive tear. They had won six straight games. They go into Norman and they lose forty nine to three. <laughs> uh, OU just oh completely bricked wall them. Brick walled them. From that point, Iowa State would only win one game the rest of the year. Uh, they went, uh, let's see, um, uh, five or sorry, one and five 
and then lost Woof. in the then lost in the humanitarian bowl to Boise State. Uh, humanitarian bowl now called the famous Idaho potato game or, uh, famous Idaho potato bowl. Uh, so it, what, so what they had started a losing out, record that season. I believe they ended with a losing record that season. Ooh. So absolute. Oh, you no, they, they went seven and seven. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. Absolute oh, collapse. 14 absolute games. Collapse interesting. Yeah. Weird schedule. Very interesting. Why, why did they have an extra game? Isn't it only 13? I don't know. Oh no! Yeah, they definitely did because they they started the season on August twenty fourth. Okay, whatever. I I don't know the old early two thousands football. I I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, uh, I have... they could have they could be doing anything, and I wouldn't have to say anything about it because I don't know. Yeah, super weird stuff. But yeah, they played uh, number three Florida State in uh, in in Arrowhead. Uh, to start the season on the 24th weird times weird times but for me that's that 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 has to be like the greatest OU moment the only time a big named Iowa State team rolled up to Norman in the Big 12 era uh, and got just really really just walloped Um, Mm -hmm. because even like even like the peak Iowa State teams like never really had that that same air to them they were never ranked like number nine they're always just like crafty annoying Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, like that forty-one forty-two two-point conversion one. Like they were not. I think they had three or four losses coming in at that time. Um, the time they came into Norman in twenty seventeen, I believe it was. I think that was our first conference game, if I recall. Pretty sure, and um, they had already lost two games um, in non-con. So you know, it's it sucks, but like the like you know the overwhelming theme of Iowa State is. They have sneaky good players. They had a good defense with Matt Campbell, and they had really big targets that would cook or small DBs. But all these games, OU playing them, is I couldn't find gratitude in any of them. You know, like the championship game, the Big 12 championship game, yeah, it felt nice winning a trophy, but it's just like it's a almost a lose-lose situation where if you win, you're like, okay, I did what I needed to do. But if you don't win convincingly, you just still have this nasty feeling, you know, taste in your mouth. And we're going to go and like get really mad on our next podcast episode talking about what we should do better. And we probably do the same thing the next week. And we lose. Obviously, we're our like tails in between our legs. And I remember that 2017 game um, that I don't have good memories from that one. Ashley's dad was in town uh, and (laughs) and I was supposed to actually I don't think we didn't have any specific plans but it was kind of an understood I was going to meet up with them later that night um it was an 11 a.m game and uh my sadness overtook me a little bit and I did not go I did not go out on the town that night or socialize I stayed in in a in a dark bedroom sad and probably not feeling anything <laughs> yeah that was the first year of the schooner blog uh the precursor to this and I don't know if the so the blog isn't really fully up anymore, but the article I wrote after that game was so expletive written. <laughs> I wrote it on the way walking back and then sitting in a chair at my, at, you know, in, in my little little, little little house, just furious. That was the game that might <laughs> if I had to pick a Big 12 game that made me matter. I couldn't because this was the one that was the worst. It was it ridiculous. Was, it was a couple. Blown. It was just a whole horrible second half blown. And just like, how many points did we score in that second half? Uh, I think seven. 
Ugh. I think we scored seven. We 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 countered back, and then they had that Lazard touchdown in the corner. Yeah. Uh, and we just ran out. We ran out of time as well. Like it just, it, we, we, we got it together way too late and the defense couldn't do anything. And I, I think to me, the thing that makes it just so incredibly frustrating is the fact that this was only weeks removed. It was like a month removed from that incredible Ohio state game. The, yes. All of the potential of all that. Yep. And we had had that uh, Baylor game, I believe the week before where mess around with them way too much. It was ugly as gross. It was like, okay, that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we it's a learning experience. Move on. And then we go mm-hmm. out and lay an egg uh, immediately after that. And it's just like you just didn't learn. Um, that's the game that made me the most mad, I think, overall. Um, absolutely infuriating performance. So, Iowa State fans, there you go. A little parting gift for us. Yeah, it didn't end up mattering, really, the game, no. honestly. Um, it, we're still not true. where we it needed didn't. to be. Um, but you know, I feel like that was kind of like a theme almost OU. Like we got kind of bailed out a lot by these like embarrassing losses early in the season. We come back Avenger loss and we'd be able to squeak into the playoffs. Um, obviously our playoffs didn't really go too well, but that game, even though it pissed us off so much, it's because it was so early in the season that college football is so erratic that losing those early conference games your road to victory is so thin after that. Like you have to go on that tightrope and hopefully you don't fall off. Yeah, no, I mean, the margins are, are crazy thin and oh, you needed to go on a pretty massive run to get there, but they did finish second. You're right. Um, mm-hmm. I, it would be no little, ref, little revisionist history. If OU did somehow go undefeated, win that game, we would have finished first played Alabama. Do you think, oh, you could have, <laughs> OU Alabama 2017 gets that Jalen Hurts team. A couple things. Would you, would it be, I don't, one, I don't know if it'd the be butterfly the effect, there'd be a lot of different things in OU's history if that happened. Because legitimately, yeah. what would that have done um, in 2017? What Jalen Hurts in the two hole Tua saga? Like, like, yeah. Who knows what would happen? Jalen Hurts wouldn't be at OU quarterback, maybe. Jalen, that Jay, game happens. Because here's the thing Jalen would have been good enough to, hurt OU's defense and stay in the game mm-hmm. like yep mm-hmm. what regardless of if OU if he's good enough to beat OU and outpace OU he's good enough to stay on the field that means Tua transfers to USC <laughs> Tua transfers to USC uh, and Lincoln yeah. Riley doesn't have to go to USC anymore because they probably still have a head coach Clay Helton has Tua <laughs> under his belt it's a little bit better the the I mean the butterfly effect, you know. Um, I Lincoln th- Riley's at LSU, and Brian Kelly doesn't ever get a Southern accent. God, this is just <laughs> killing my, this is killing my head here. Oh man, yeah. Who and, and who knows what would have happened in the title? We probably would have gotten Georgia in in Atlanta and lost. Yeah, maybe then they would have still just uh, ran all over us. That oh yeah, God, the three running backs, uh, it's ridiculous. I, I still yeah, can't yeah. get over how great uh, running back room that they had there and just it just hurts it was unreal it it was it's a hard thing to look back on to Mm -hmm. say the least Mm -hmm. uh all right let's let's move on from from bad memes let's go back (laughs) to iowa state let's Let's... kind of uh put a bow on this bobby and kind of the last question that we always ask with these like are you going to miss iowa state um for me i'm not i I'm, i'm pretty solid on this one um just because like i said earlier i feel like i just and I just worried about every single Iowa State game because, you know, even if they were highly ranked, I felt like we deserved to beat them. You know, I didn't get a lot of like good feelings from this Iowa State games at all. It was either I'm really disappointed 
because we played bad and we won, or I'm really disappointed and we played bad and we lost, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to that point where we're, we've talked about the NPC point, I want to hammer it home. Ty was absolutely right about the state. <laughs> the point, the boy, people, people harped on the wrong point where he said they aren't designed to beat you because they're an NPC. They're just designed to like do what they do. And if you lose to them, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. He was right. The history of Iowa state is being a, a name on the list, a team that OU goes in and destroys. And that's it. You forget about them. You forget they're in the conference. They just kind of do their thing. And then you get really annoyed when they, when you have to go to Hilton Coliseum in basketball season. Um, yeah, shout, a little basketball side note. Shout out to George uh, George Niang. Or yeah, I hated that. George's Niang. 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 Yeah. Oh my god, hated yeah. George's Niang. I mean, they had some fun basketball players in the Big Twelve. Oh, yeah. You know, Tyrese Halliburton, Abdul Nader, Niang, Deontay um, Burton. They had, they had a good little squad. Yeah, Deontay Burton, Thunder Legend. Yeah, a lot of Thunder <laughs> players came through there. Yeah, they they had some they had some fun basketball battles for sure. Like that mm-hmm. that that uh, that OU basketball team in sixteen had some good good wars with them. I, I agree. If we're if we're talking basketball, I I think that obviously we're gonna miss teams like Iowa State. I'm not gonna um, miss going football. to Hill. No, but no, I, I you're right. They they're just there. In the past couple of years, they've been a force, but not really a force to make it interesting enough. Um, so no, I'm not going to miss them. I'm going to kind of forget they were even in the conference. Honestly, uh, if, if we're talking overall, come at us. Iowa State oh, fans. they're going to be mad. Come at us. They're going to be mad. I, I will say this. Rack up that engagement boys. Let's go. I will say this. Like, like obviously I'm sticking by my comments and Bobby will too, but y'all have done amazing for what you used to be. And you guys should hold your heads high, but that's just like how we feel as OU fans with their history with you. Even though you had really good players that are now in the NFL and obviously Brock Purdy doing great things right now. And, you know, David Montgomery doing good things. Brees Hall should have done great things if he didn't tear up his knee. You know, you should be proud of that. But still, as OU fans, we felt disappointed every single game that we played y'all. There was never any real victory or reward. Except for that Seneca Wallace game. That was great. That was that was really fun. Uh, but look, look, look. I will say before we go, because I, I'll, I'll say, I, no, I won't miss you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We can never, we we were too perhaps too harsh on you because you did give mm-hmm. us the greatest gift of all time. Maybe not of all time, but one of the greatest gifts uh, that Iowa State did in the 2010s. And we haven't even mentioned it yet. Absolutely. Beating Oklahoma State. Well, at, having a name of a player named Ass Valley. Thank you for that. That was great. Uh, beating Oklahoma State in 2011 and presenting oh my the national title. Uh, that had, field goal. I'll never whoo. forget that field goal is engraved in my brain. Oh, it was so cool. It was right after it was right after a high school football game, and I remember everyone watching it in the locker room and just be like, "Oh my God, they blew it." Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, think Iowa State. Uh, we live in a world without legitimate national championship champion Oklahoma State, and without that, <laughs> they, they they say they have one, but it's not legitimate. We all know it. We all know it. Stealing from the troops. Uh, <laughs> thank you for thank you for making that reality possible. Uh, so you you get commended. You, we love you, Iowa State gold, kickers. Gold star, Iowa State. You know that we love you. Thank you for that one. Uh, sorry for trashing your your program. Ass Alley, we love you. We might forget you as a football program, but we won't forget that moment. Thank you. All right, oh Jameson, God. let's wrap this thing up. Uh, final thoughts or anything? No. Um, bye-bye. That's a good way to end it. Bye-bye, Iowa State. Hope you like your chili. 
I'm gonna miss. I'll miss the chili. I'll miss the chili. I actually never got to have the chili because I I didn't have my ID that day. It it fucked <laughs> in the Uber, so I can't even miss the chili. Uh, Hawkeye vodka. I'll miss Hawkeye vodka. That was, uh, actually, no, I won't. I'm too old for that. Too old for that. <laughs> All right, Iowa State. Bye. We'll see you in probably never. Maybe maybe a Maui Invitational. Have a good one. <laughs> Boomer Suter, everybody. See you next time. Oh, there.